0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me as always is Kellen Finney. This week, we've got a very special guest, Breeder Steve. Steve, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me, guys.
0: So when did we take it from hobby to profession? How did that transition happen?
1: When I moved to Vancouver in the fall of 94, I had brought... A, my harvest from that year, but also my seeds. And the next year, another guy I knew from Ontario that was an activist, I didn't know him well at the time, but Mark Emery, he was selling seeds at Hemp BC in Vancouver. He got busted and I went down and, and told the guy, I said, hey, I don't know if you're going to keep going or not, but if you're going to keep selling seeds, I want to donate a jar to you. So I donated him a jar of seeds and then I came back a few months later to get papers or high times or something. And he was like, oh, everybody loves those seeds. Keep keep bringing them, keep bringing them. So he said, I'll give you two bucks a seed for all the seeds you can make. And I was like, I better start making some seeds. <laughs> and then that's when I had to come up with a name for the seed bank, as it were. So I had like a list of names. And when I thought of Spice of Life, I was like, oh, that's a perfect name. So I called it Spice of Life Seeds.
0: So take us back in time. You were in Canada. How did we get to Switzerland?
1: i moved to BC in 94, and then maybe 97, 98, I opened a grow store that made aquaponic systems and my super soil, which was all bio, of course. And then uh, American consultant slash experts that uh, is up from California visiting BC regularly, Rosenthal, he lined up a consulting gig and invited me to go in on it with him as a partner. And that was for three brothers that had probably the biggest operation in Switzerland. So that was early May of 99. So I went over with him on this two-week consulting gig. And I said, man, I'd always said if I could just breed wide openly and pay the taxes and treat it like a normal business, I'm there, you know? So
0: for our listeners at home that are interested in kind of learning like the very basics of breeding, can you kind of walk us through like the... the the first step and like a a small macro level of the steps that people would take just as an example so they can be familiar with, with how it would work.
1: It all starts with seeds. You may collect cuttings as well, but, you know, cuttings alone isn't really a breeding program, let's say, but, you know, with feminizing, you can do it. But it's, let's say, dioecious plants, male and female. That's what you need to use to breed real plants you know real females if you just want hermes on hermes after a while just do feminized you know i'm not opposed to feminized although i never released any at this point i still will probably but i never released any feminized because i was all i've just always been so against hermaphrodites so anyways the point is let's say you have 10 packs of seeds and there's 10 seeds in each pack and you say i'm gonna plant these out and pick my favorites, and maybe maybe there's only two packs that you think, oh, these ones I really like, but the other ones they weren't my favorite, so don't use them. You know, you really just have to be exclusive, you know, and narrow it down to what excites you the most and, and what you're going for in the plant.
0: So I want to kind of take it back to the genetics. Obviously, you've seen your hand, your your handful of genetics. Is that what inspired the living library of genetics?
1: Well, the living library is. Uh, a long-term project at this point where I started with a million seed search and I invited, you know, supporters to contribute seeds in the, and my thing was you want to contribute seeds for me getting back going again. Let's look at everything together. So anybody that contributes, welcome to come and join in. Also have uh, other academics or journalists or aficionados, are welcome to join. So I'm doing them in different locations. The next one happening is January 20th in the plains of Colombia, Los Janos. And that's with a company I co-founded down there called Medcan, And we started that a little over six years ago. So in the next round in MedCan, there's 375 different accessions, And some of those will be a line that's just a clone, but most of them have been planted from thousands of seeds. So you can do some pheno hunting within each of those 375 sessions. So you're really looking at plants from very high populations I have 60 acres fence for seed work down there, right? With two armed guards 24 seven. So I think it's a great opportunity for people that are really into it. to come and see and select themselves any plants they want because we do formal registration of the genetics and then we export them with phytosanitary certificates to legal countries. So we license genetics to Spain and Canada right now and that'll expand. And then those are for royalties typically. But the, um, to think of the beauty of walking into a field that's on the equator so you can have equatorial stuff, but it's in the height of the dry season When everything finishes in the rainy season, most of the Afghanica stuff won't finish, right? But in the dry season, everything finishes rock hard to its potential. It's super fun to see. And you can go through the blocks and say, okay, I'm going to spend the morning walking up and down African lines. Then I'm going to spend the afternoon walking up and down Asian lines. Then I'm going to go to the Indian section. So we've got land race and heirloom stuff from all over the world. We've got all the new, new stuff that you can think of. And then we've got hybrids between them.
0: Steve, I want to take you on a quick rapid fire. All right. The seed you're most known for. I would
1: have to say shishkaberry, I think. Your all time personal favorite seed. Honestly, it was probably the parent of my tropical treat, which later became Tropicana, and that is pure Santa Marta Gold. I think pure Santa Marta Gold is really my favorite. If I had to pick one to take to the desert island, hands down. The the best version I had of Santa Marta Gold was in the nineties, and I've strived to restore it from the degraded versions I find of it now. But to me, the, that's kind of my holy grail strain is that strain. We can't say strain anymore, guys. That's only for viruses, right? Uh, only virus, <laughs> there's only strains of viruses. What's your most knocked off seed? Easily sweet tooth or shishka berry. Has
0: there been a, a seed or a crossbreeding of two seeds that have evaded you throughout your lifetime?
1: Well, there's lots I haven't done. There are definitely ones that got away that I regret not to either not seeding or not passing around cuttings of. I've had, you know, the things that I didn't share, I lost. The things that I shared, I can always get back. And I learned that a long time ago where I said, oh, like the first time I found sterile females. These are plants with no pistols. So you can cover them in pollen and they won't make seed. You can grow you know, 10 acres of sensomelia in the middle of a thousand acres of hemp and there won't be a seed in it, you know? But I didn't share those cuttings and I lost them. I've learned to recreate them and now I'm applying that to other lines. But for the cross that I haven't done, I don't know what that would be. There's, you know, there's certainly endless permutations of what that could be, but I I can't answer that. I'm sorry.
0: What is one fact you have learned about breeding that would shock or surprise
1: others? I wish I had a clever a response, but I cannot think of one.
0: What's the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> I'm still stumped. <laughs> Nothing came I thought to the mind. shoebox thing was pretty clever. That's, that's awesome. Oh, okay. If I wanted to start growing at home, what is the number one mistake you think people make?
1: Overwatering. I think, that, I think that's the first mistake I've seen most people make is overwatering. When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And
0: most importantly, what did you get wrong?
1: It's a good question. So I think the thing I got right was just doing it you know where it didn't have any shame about it I knew I could get in trouble for it but I felt like I just had the conviction that I was willing to stand up and do what was right I mean I had CNN come to my garden where I had 1500 plants in my backyard in Vancouver before medical or anything right so I mean I was going out on a limb with no shame and part of that was. but really stood me in good stead was I had no shame about doing it. I just had the conviction that I felt, you know, indignant about being prevented from doing it. So it was really the mindset that you could do it. You know, what I got wrong was probably being too trusting. And often, I, you know, in in any kind of business, that can be a setback for you. If you're You know, you have faith in people to treat you the way you want to treat them, you know, that you want to be treated the same way you'd like to treat others. And the world's just not like that.
0: So Steve, for our listeners, they want to get in touch and they want to buy some of your seeds. Can they still do that?
1: At the moment? No, but they can uh, get in touch. And when I have seeds ready for my new release, I've been working on stuff the last few years. I expect over the next year, I'll be doing my first releases in close to 20 years. So that'll be be exciting. But go to breedersteve.com. And if you're signed up for the newsletter there, you'll be sure to hear about it. I've I've had that site up now for maybe four years or something, and I've never sent out a newsletter. So (laughs) you're not going to get spammed, I promise. But if you do want to know what happens with new releases or any new projects, that's where I'll be putting it out there.
0: Awesome. We will link those up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You have a beautiful weekend. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years,
0: can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you.